0: Shalom Mishpochah, Shalom family. Mishpochah is a Hebrew word. It means family. And we're the Mishbucha, the family with the Jewish heart, made up of Jewish and non-Jewish people where the middle wall of separation between Jew and Gentile finally come down to form one new man, one new humanity, getting ready, Mishbucha, to blow the grandest shofar or the grandest trumpet in Zion. We want everyone everywhere to hear the good news. We want everyone everywhere to be red hot for the Messiah. Well, I have a guest that has the most amazing testimony about what happened when she watched It's Supernatural television. Uh, And she's been a guest previously. Her name is LaDonna Taylor. But because of what she went through, the healing anointing, which has always been on her violin playing, It's always been. I I think, uh, LaDonna, you told me that since you went full-time, you haven't had a meeting where there wasn't a miracle as a result of the anointing on your music. Is that right? That is the truth. And, uh, uh, however, uh, for those that did not hear our previous interview, uh, you were raised in a Christian home, and uh, one of my heroes— in your story, and it must be your hero too, is your grandmother. Uh, Did she actually pray for dead people that came back to life?
1: She did. I know of three times specifically when my nana raised the dead in her church services.
0: Now, and also as as a young, younger, really young child, you would have visions of Jesus and worship him for hours. That sounds so wonderful to me. I wasn't saved till I was 30. God wasn't even in my mind to speak of. But God was important to you your whole life.
1: My whole life, he was important to me. I would see him on the cross and I would bend over in a little fetal position, even as a toddler, and worship him for a long time.
0: When you say you would see him on the cross, would this be a, uh, a cross at home, a picture, or in your mind? In my mind. And uh, would you make that happen, or would it just happen? I'm, I'm just curious.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, Sid, I wouldn't make it happen. Sometimes I'd be playing. Sometimes I would just get up in the morning or before I would go to bed at night, and I would see him.
0: And I just needed to worship him. Now, when you say worship, how's a little, you know what, if I can find out how a little child worships Jesus, I can find out the way we're all supposed to. How did you do it as a child?
1: I just remember every time getting on my knees and bowing down, sometimes my little hands would reach up and I feel like I could touch the cross. And I would just say, Jesus, 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 I love you. I love you. I truly remember doing that.
0: What about the blood of Jesus? Uh, Did you have much teaching on that as a child?
1: I had more demonstration on that as a child.
0: Um, What what do you mean by demonstration?
1: uh, I mean, in the church services I was in, the, um, the demonstration of healing, and I could see the people in the church, as people would come to the altar and people would say, I plead the blood of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, there's power in the blood. I would hear that at altar services as a child.
0: What, would you see miracles happen when they would plead the blood of Jesus?
1: I saw miracles. I saw demons leave people. I saw deliverances.
0: What, what does it mean to you, pleading the blood of Jesus? What, what, what is your meaning, understanding of that?
1: The way I always understood it was that that the people that were saying this were realizing that there was power in that blood that was shed on the cross.
0: You you know what I imagine when I say I plead the blood of Jesus, and sometimes I'll go into a hotel room uh, and and just sprinkle with my words. uh, I sprinkle the blood of Jesus I see every demon in hell taking a step back that is, a, that, that is watching what's going on every time I say the blood of Jesus. That, that's what I believe.
1: Absolutely. And even this moment, for everyone within the sound of our voices, I plead the blood of Jesus and demons will step back now and quit tormenting and quit completing any assignments against the people of God. In Jesus' name, it's done.
0: Now, is this the type of thing that goes on inside of you uh, when you play the song, Nothing But the Blood? Is, Is this what you're feeling when you're playing that with your violin?
1: Every time I play my violin, I look in the eyes of God. It's my connection to heaven. And many times the Lord shows me, When I play songs about the blood, the Lord shows me what he's doing, what he's accomplishing during the music. I see many deliverances and healings during this music.
0: Well, I I think we've got to hear that song now, Nothing But the Blood, LaDonna Taylor. You can see why the anointing is sky high on her music for healing That's, and, and for emotional problems and any problem anyone has. I mean, where that anointing is, the de- it's, a, it's a demon-free zone. That's a, for certain. Uh, LaDonna, tell me one person that got healed that comes to mind that was either at a concert or listened to these CDs.
1: I was in Branford, Missouri, and I had been playing some music on my violin. And I knew the Lord was healing pain. And I asked someone to stand up that had pain in their body. And a lady named Donna stood up. And I said, where's the pain? And she said, it's in my knee. And I said, what's causing the pain? And she said, there's a, a cyst on the back of my leg. And as soon as she said it, I knew the cyst was gone. And I said, check your leg right now. The pain was gone. said, see if you can find the cyst. She couldn't find it.
0: Let me ask you this. I believe that the anointing has gotten so strong on you, but I believe it's such a progressive thing that every time you minister, it'll get stronger. Uh, Talk to that.
1: I absolutely love that. I cannot tell you my desire in my life to go from glory to glory to glory. Every day, all I want to do is touch him. God, let it get stronger. In the name of Jesus.
0: Well, the three CDs we've picked out, one is Hymns for Prayer, and it's, of course, the classic, Amazing Grace, Jesus Loves Me, uh, Nothing But the Blood, uh, which you just heard. Uh, then you have another CD called Peace and Healing, in which you read scriptures. And some of the music is Jewish music underneath it. I love that. I mean, that really brings peace and healing. Then the third CD is Prayer Time. And you literally start praying while you play your violin, but not with your mouth, with your violin. What a thing to accompany our own prayers. All three, plus the first 3,000 in order— we're going to include a bonus CD by LaDonna Taylor, all three plus the bonus for a gift of $45. Call or right today. Call our order-only line, 1-800-447-2697. 447 2697 LaDonna, we found out that you were raised in a Christian home. You had a grandmother that would pray for dead people who would come back to life. You had, just as a toddler, you would have visions of Jesus and worship him for hours. Um, And at age 12, you heard the audible voice of God. What did he say?
1: He called my name. I thought there was a man standing in back of the church. I actually thought it was my father, my natural father. So I turned around, and as soon as I saw that the church was empty, I knew the voice of God had just called my name.
0: And then shortly thereafter, you started playing the violin. What were the circumstances? How did did you happen to pick the violin?
1: At that time, I was already quite advanced playing the piano. I had studied hours a day playing the piano, and I had been asked to be the pianist for the school orchestra. I came in, and I was playing the piano for the school orchestra, and when I saw the violins, I fell in love. I asked the orchestra director if he would let me take one home. I came back, in one week I was first chair in that orchestra. There was such a love for the violin.
0: Now, wait a second. I I know a little bit about the violin. In one week, you were first chair? That sounds almost supernatural.
1: Well, my mother didn't think it was supernatural. (laughs) She wanted me to take that violin back to school and leave it there. But my dad came in the room and said, Oh, Mama, let her keep it. Look how she loves it.
0: And, And look how this was part of your destiny. And then you were a guest... Uh, on Messianic Vision Radio and it's Supernatural Television. And we had a wonderful time. Uh, And you had told me that uh, you had been very sick. This was 2012. Uh, The hospital made a mistake. What happened?
1: I was having surgery. It should have been a one-night stay. And the doctor cut me in the wrong place. As a result of that cut, I needed nine surgeries in less than 90 days. When I was interviewed in 2012 on um, It's Supernatural, I had had four of those nine surgeries.
0: Now, you certainly did not know that you needed five more surgeries, or did you, uh, while you were being interviewed?
1: Yeah, I thought I needed one more.
0: Hmm. Uh, And... From what I understand, it wasn't that easy for you to even do the interviews uh, uh, when we did the television show.
1: I was taking antibiotics. I was wearing a tube in my back that was draining my kidney when I did the show. But something inside of me knew I had to do that show. And we did it, did we?
0: And, well, not only did you have to do the show for all the people you blessed throughout the world... But it was life critical for you. So you have these uh, sur- nine surgeries in 90 days, uh, and uh, it didn't go as well as the doctors expected. Uh, t- describe to me what the prognosis was for you.
1: At the end of the five surgeries, my colon had died, it had quit functioning.
0: Now, what happens when someone doesn't have a colon? I I mean, that sounds to me like you can't live.
1: You can't live very long. My stomach became protruded, and I began to starve to death. Mm. My abdomen was so painful because my colon was dying, and it was twisting and um, uh, causing my colon to have spasms. So I became—I was very, very addicted to high high-powered pain medicine. They were giving me uh, Dilaudid every two to four hours. That's a form of morphine.
0: So I would imagine you lost a lot of weight.
1: I was down to 89 pounds.
0: 89. And how tall are you? I'm 5'2". Okay, but still 89 pounds. You're just skin and bones absolutely. So you must have felt you were dying, or what, what did you feel? What's going on inside of LaDonna Taylor?
1: I felt I was dying. I became confused because of the pain medicine. I couldn't comprehend from all the people I had prayed for and seen receive miracles, and I knew the truth of healing in the Word of God, and I'm dying. I... And the the other issue was the pain medicine was clouding my thinking. But thank God that my relationship with Christ was strong, because when it comes down to when everything goes wrong in this world, there's one thing you've got left, and it's your relationship with him. Thank God I had that to hold on
0: to. Now, in the hospital— Listening to your own music was very critical. Um, Tell me about the song, Leaning on the Everlasting Arms of Jesus.
1: When I started hearing that song, I realized that in my suffering, I was learning to lean on the Lord that I loved so much.
0: But wait a second. You knew him all these years. You had your crisis situations. I mean, at that time, you were 65. Is that correct? That's correct. Uh, I I mean, you're down to 89 pounds, which is awful. You're dying, which is awful. Uh, And uh, uh, but... Why did you need encouragement to hold on? I'm reminded of this little toddler that is just seeing visions of Jesus and worshiping and seeing people raised from the dead. Uh, But I guess the devil threw a lot of his high power uh, demons against you.
1: Did he ever? I felt evil in the room. And a lady that didn't know me was sitting in my hospital room. She was a member of a church that I had just um, connected with, and she said, LaDonna, didn't I read somewhere that when people play your music that people are healed, why don't we bring your music in this hospital room and play it for you? And she did.
0: I I, want to hear a song that made a profound difference uh, in your healing called Leaning on the Everlasting Arms of Jesus. ¶¶ So LaDonna Taylor goes into the hospital having what she thought was relatively minor surgery. It was botched. Uh, LaDonna, does this happen often to people?
1: I've been told that it happens a lot. But for me, when horrible things happen, it seems like they always happen to someone else. But, oh, no, now it happened to me.
0: Yeah, it's easy to preach healing when you're when you're well. <laughs> it is. Uh it takes no talent at all. Okay. So that, then you proceed you have eight surgeries. Uh and you you go home after the eighth and you figure you're you're on the mend right now. Uh, but you figure wrong. What happened?
1: I figure wrong. I was just home a few hours, and I started getting extremely uncomfortable, sick to my stomach, vomiting, and it just continued and continued. Finally, um, the doctor was called, and from what we told him, he knew. He said, get to the emergency room right away. I'll meet you there. When they met me there, they took x-rays, and they told me, your colon is blocked. Another surgery. Oh, I had just had eight surgeries. I knew I'd lost strength like never in my life, and now I'm facing another surgery. They waited a few days, but they ended up having to do that surgery. And then after that surgery, my colon would not recover.
0: So what did the doctors say to you? What was the prognosis?
1: They were just waiting I had to get stronger because they wanted to do a 10th surgery, actually, to remove the colon.
0: Yeah. It, it, wait a second now. You're, you're 65 years old. You're 89 pounds and losing weight all the time. Uh, and another surgery? I mean, enough is enough. How, how could you take all of that, LaDonna?
1: Well, they wanted to do another one, but they told me, you're not strong enough for what we need to do, so we're just going to wait. And in that waiting time is when death moved into the room.
0: Could you actually feel a spirit of death?
1: Oh, I will never forget the day it happened. I just felt um, like it was trying to detach me from my body. Hmm. But I held on because there's something I knew from my life with God, and I knew by his stripes, I am healed. I knew that. And I knew I had more people to reach for Jesus Christ.
0: But, you know, the devil knows his strategy. Even someone that has that revelation knowledge, when they're sick, you get worn out, you get tired, Uh, Explain.
1: I got so tired. There were several times that even with my focus on the Lord, it was just the medicine in my mind and the fact that my body was so worn down. Several times I wanted to turn over and look at my son and say, Let's, please, just let's give up. Take me to hospice. I can't fight anymore.
0: Well, you had recently been a guest on its supernatural television you did an amazing show for us and it was going to be aired while you were in the hospital Uh, and you made arrangements to see it (laughs) tell me what you did
1: i did i received emails from your staff telling me the play date and i watched for it and i turned the tv on At the time, I set my alarm, I turned the TV on, and I watched my life from the time I was a child and what the Lord did in ministry and all the people that He healed. And as soon as the show started playing, I have a little smartphone that was sitting by my hospital bed, and I started giving little beeps one after another on the smartphone. People were emailing in as they saw how the Lord was using me in ministry for me to pray for them because they were dying.
0: (laughs) But you're dying, (laughs) and they want you to pray for them. Uh, Now, you had a nurse assisting you. What did she think of the show?
1: She cried through the whole show because she thought I was dying. She cried as she watched how God had used my life, and she thought that was all in the past. But I was fighting, and then I picked up my destiny again, Sid, As those emails came in, I started praying for others.
0: You know, I believe since there's no time in eternity that God knew that you needed to see your own show and arranged for you to do the show before you were in such critical condition. Uh, What an amazing God we serve.
1: (laughs) What an amazing God we serve. That's when I picked my destiny back up. Now, I will tell you, that physically things didn't change on the outside, but on the inside, I had picked my destiny back up, and I began to re- be restored with hope.
0: Uh, you know, I, I feel like we should play, uh, from one of the CDs we're making available, Amazing Grace. Let's let's hear uh, LaDonna Taylor on Amazing Grace. This is not supposed to be happening. LaDonna Taylor is a toddler uh, going with her grandmother, would see her grandmother pray for dead people, three dead people that came back to life. She understood healing in the atonement. She lived a life for God, but there was a botched surgery then they had to follow it with nine surgeries to fix it. They weren't able to fix it. She's literally dying. Uh, She watches the television show she had previously done of It's Supernatural while she's in the hospital. The nurse, who's convinced she's going to die, is crying while she's watching, knowing LaDonna is going to die. LaDonna's down to 89 pounds. Uh, She's 65 years of age. And even though that was a tremendous encouragement, you still have that spirit of death in the room and demons coming upon you, and you were in for a battle. What did you do?
1: I was in for a battle, but in the battle, I found God's plan. And God's plan was, after I watched the show, emails started coming into my little smartphone laying by my bed. I began praying for others. I began answering the emails by the, with, little, with the little keyboard on that phone, promising the people that I would pray for them, writing their names down and calling their names before God and realizing that on the inside, it was restoring hope. Now, I still was very um, confused in my mind because I'm receiving high-powered pain meds every two to four hours. It was everything I could do to function and pray for others and answer their emails. But I had picked up my destiny, and I just knew that I would keep fighting and that the truth was, by his stripes, I am healed.
0: Out of curiosity... Did you feel a degree of his presence, when, even in those horrible situations in the hospital where you're dying, slipping away?
1: Absolutely. His presence was my focus. I have a dear, dear friend. I call her my spiritual mother, Billy Brim. She would call me often, and she would say, practice the presence of God. To me, those words mean shut everything else out and put your mind on him your thoughts, and your faith on him. He is your only help and your only hope.
0: Now, during that time, you had a visit from your pastor, who happens to be a friend of mine, Pastor John Kilpatrick. Uh, He was the pastor of the Great Brownsville Revival, uh, and uh, now he has another church, which you're a member of. Uh, When he came in, what did he say? He actually called me okay.
1: on, the, on an evening after I had cried myself to sleep. That very same day, Billy Brim, my spiritual mother, had called me that morning and read a John G. Lake sermon to me, and it encouraged me in a principle of healing.
0: Uh, do you remember the principle and encouraged you in?
1: The principle of healing that she encouraged me in, she read a John G. Lake sermon, and in the sermon... It said, we must realize that just as Jesus dwells in your spirit and also possesses your soul in exactly the same way, he is possessing every cell in your body. The same Christ that dwells in your spirit is just as real in your body with his healing power as he is in your spirit. Many of us have Jesus imprisoned in our soul and spirit as Savior and must open prison doors and permit him to be our healer.
0: I'm reminded of, uh, Jesus said, out of your innermost belly will flow rivers of living water. So you're releasing those rivers, if I'm understanding you right, into every cell of your body. That day...
1: As soon as I hung the phone up, all day long, Billy called me at 1030 in the morning, and all day long, until I cried myself to sleep that night, hoarse, I said, Lord God, I open prison doors, that I proclaim that you are the healer of every cell of my body. Then after I cried myself to sleep, Pastor John Kilpatrick called, and this is what I heard on the phone. LaDonna, is that you? And then he said, this is John Kilpatrick, your pastor. God told me to call you and tell you that today you hit breakthrough. He said, you're coming out of that bed and out of the hospital. Then he said, you're going to fully recover. Today you hit breakthrough. You may not know it and you may not feel it, but you hit it. Then he said, it's your time. Close your eyes now and go to sleep. And when you open your eyes, tomorrow will be a new day.
0: I have to tell you, LaDonna, if John Kilpatrick were to call me and give me a prophetic word, I would believe it was from God. How about you?
1: I started crying. That pain medicine did not affect my mind anymore. I became totally sober. To this day, I remember I could recite those words he said to me, every single word in order. And in five hours, my body heard those words In five hours, my colon started functioning. In four days, the doctor said, go home. In the fifth day, I was in church.
0: And uh, did the doctors have any comment? I mean, what you told me, uh, I don't think they expected you to do anything but die.
1: That's exactly right. I um, remember that the doctors were so happy They were so happy. I had been playing my music in the room. They saw how I was doing everything I could to hold on. And they were just very, very pleased, but very surprised that all those things about God that I had been telling everybody were coming true in that hospital room.
0: I want you to tell me about the worst moment before you were healed. The worst moment. Was there a point where it was touch and go that you were going to give up, that you were going to just give up the ghost, so to speak?
2: Yes,
1: um, I remember that the surgeon that was watching over me just before my ninth surgery came into the room, and when I saw him come to the end of the room, I felt alarm, and I knew what he was going to tell me. He was going. He, this is what he said. He came to the bed, he smiled and looked down at my bed and he said, I'm so sorry to tell you this, but you're going to meet me in the operating room again in five minutes. Mm-hmm. We pushed medical science, this as far as it can go, you're going to die if I don't operate another time. That was surgery number nine. As my hospital bed was being rolled down the hall, to surgery, that was probably my most difficult moment not understanding why one more time I would have to have surgery when I was so weak already.
0: Well, well after that ninth surgery, uh, was there anything really, uh, you know, you went home and then you went downhill again. Uh, was there anything encouraging the doctor said from the natural viewpoint about recovery?
1: No, no encouragement from the doctor. The first encouraging thing that I heard from somebody else was that prophetic word from my pastor, and my body heard it and responded to it.
0: What would you say to someone that's probably listening to us by way of CD or radio, uh, and they are in a critical situation? What advice would you give them?
1: I would say that it's God-ordained that they're listening right now. And I would say this that this is their moment for breakthrough. This is their moment to touch God. And they may be just like me. They may not know it, and they may not feel it, but this is it. Just touch God, because He's available to you. He's done all the work on the cross, and by His stripes, you are healed.
0: Now, when people listen to your music— It's the same as you being in a concert. The anointing is on your music. Uh, Tell me one brief testimony that comes to mind. Oh, uh, tell me about the person that got a new heart.
1: Oh, there was an elderly man in Branson, Missouri. He came to the altar very, very slow after I'd played some music. And actually, I was still playing when he worked his way to the altar. He walked so slowly. When he got to the altar, we prayed for him. Billy Brim was ministering with me at the altar that day, and we prayed for him. After we prayed for him, he started walking. I was still playing, and he started walking, and as he walked, he walked faster and faster, almost ran around the room, probably at least 80 years old, at least 80, ran almost all the way around the room. And when he got back, he had opened his arms and took me in his arms. And he said, oh, my goodness, I couldn't have walked five steps without being winded. And look what I just did.
0: But this isn't unusual. You pray for people with fibromyalgia. You prayed for people that are deaf. Uh, You even told me people are getting uh, metal is turning to bones. (laughs) Absolutely. I mean, the way you say, it, absolutely. I mean, that this is a miracle. Well, I want, I want you to take LaDonna Taylor home with you. We have three of her best music CDs. And for the first 3,000 people that order, we're going to include a bonus CD, all available for a gift of $45. Uh, but LaDonna, tell me about the 90-year-old woman real briefly uh, that got healed.
1: She was, and that meeting was in Hawaii, and she was very small. Uh, Some of the um, Asian people that live in Hawaii are very small. She was on 5'2". She was probably 4'8". She was not saved. She came to the altar, very arthritic uh, problems in her knees and her feet, and when the Lord touched her, all the pain left her body, and she started moving like she was marching, lifting her knees very high, and after we prayed for her and the pain left and she was healed, she accepted Christ as her Savior.
0: Well, my guest, LaDonna Taylor, when she plays the violin, it must be like when David played the harp. I, I mean, people that are... Uh, upset or worried with mental conditions. Uh, When David would play his harp, uh, those evil spirits would have to leave. And uh, with LaDonna, the same thing happens, but it gets even better. Miracles are happening. cysts are disappearing. People are being healed of fibromyalgia. People are being healed of arthritis. Uh, LaDonna, did you know there is not a real medical cure for arthritis? All they can do is give you pain pills but you've had people healed of arthritis? Tell me one.
1: Oh, my goodness. I see people healed of arthritis and fibromyalgia almost every healing service I do. Hmm. Women that have suffered, and I'm, I'm most, most of the time, fibromyalgia is a female disease. I've, I've noticed that even in the meetings. It's so many times, fibromyalgia just must disappear at the name of Jesus within a, within a split second, 18 years, 20 years, 35 years of suffering, gone.
0: Now, people that have had botched surgeries, you have all sorts of faith for them. Are you seeing uh, people healed with botched surgeries?
1: I am absolutely seeing people healed. One lady, uh, her surgery was so botched that her foot turned inward from a knee replacement. And as she walked with me, Jesus healed her. Even as I'm telling this story, there are people that are listening and they're being healed. Fibromyalgia has already left some people. Arthritis has already left some people. And botched surgery, some of you have thought, what are you going to do now? The doctors have said you can do nothing. Am I going to live like this the rest of my life? No, you're not. Right now, in the name of Jesus, be healed.
0: Now, many people have degrees of arthritis in their body, some so bad they can't move their knees or their hips or their fingers or their neck or their back or anything. But I believe that some of you, she said that so fast, you didn't catch it. I want you to catch this just as if it's a big angel handing you your healing, when she says, commands arthritis to leave, I believe that every ounce of arthritis in any place in your body will not be able to stand. Would you command arthritis to leave, LaDonna?
1: In the name of Jesus, the name that is above every name, arthritis, leave. Fibromyalgia, leave. Leave. Now, in Jesus' name, now start doing something that would be hard for you to do. Start, get up, move around, lift your arms, move your neck, bend over, move your legs, bend in the name of Jesus. No more inflammation, no more pain, go now.
0: I understand you also have a powerful anointing in areas like deafness and, of course, pain uh, of any kind. Uh, But uh, I believe that once you start releasing words of knowledge, people can be healed of anything. And I would like their point of contact to be the first song you played after you were healed. What was that? Throughout
1: the time, I was so sick. The enemy told me, Jesus doesn't love you like you thought he did. I know others have heard that the enemy's voice. Well, the first day my hands were steady, I got the violin out again after playing it only one time in five months. And that's when I was interviewed on It's Supernatural. One time in five months I played. Now, here we are. I'm well. My hands are steady. And I played Jesus Loves Me.
0: What does that song mean to you at this moment? Jesus loves me.
1: It means everything to me. He's my everything. I'd rather have him than my breath. I love him so much, but the fact that he loves me, he paid for everything I have. He paid for my health. He paid so that I don't have to spend eternity away from him. He loves me.
0: Okay. As you hear this song, what what do you need? Do you need an emotional healing? Do you need a physical healing? I'm hearing backs are going to be healed almost instantly. All pain in backs and necks areas. My bones are almost cracking in my spirit right now. When you hear this music, you reach up to the Lord because he does love you. And that same anointing that raised Messiah Jesus from the dead— According to his word, it is written, lives in you. That was LaDonna Taylor. LaDonna, with the nine surgeries you went through, almost dying, you should have died without a miracle. What did you learn from that?
1: I learned that life the way you know it, with all the things in it, means nothing except the relationship I have with my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That's always there. Everything else can leave in a split second. Things can change. It doesn't matter what kind of car you drive. It doesn't matter how much money you've got in the bank. It doesn't matter if you have a new dress or a new suit in the closet. What matters is, how are things with you and Jesus Christ, your Savior? That is the only thing that matters. Because when it gets right down to it, He's all you've got. He's the only thing that really, really matters. The most valuable thing, and he's the answer to everything.
0: Well, I, I I can't add to that, but I can tell you that we have three of her top music CDs. I mean, what would your home be like? What would your children be like if that anointing is Radiating through every room of your home, uh, what would your, uh, you're going to work, you're going to school. What, I'd love to put, give this to everyone in, uh, that's away at college. Give this to your children, your grandchildren. Uh, I want this is a gift for you. the three CDs for a gift of45 dollars and for the first 3,000 that a uh, call. We will give a bonus CD, four CDs for the gift of $45. This is the Shabbat broadcast. The Lord, he's already blessed you. The Lord, he has already smiled upon you. The Lord, he has already healed you. The Lord, he has already surrounded you with his favor. The Lord has already given you his gifts. Just grab them. Just reach for his gifts. The Lord has already given you his shalom, his completeness in your spirit, in your soul, and in your body. In the name above every name, the Sar Shalom, the Prince of Peace, Yeshua HaMashiach Tzikenu, Jesus the Messiah, our righteousness.
2: Welch Schmarre Jahr der Nacht fand
0: To place a credit card order for today's offer, call anytime at 1-800-447-2697. That's 1-800-447-2697 or log on to our website at www.sidroth.org. To hear this week's interview or watch archives of our television show, It's Supernatural, visit our website at www.sidroth.org. That's www.sidroth.org. Discover how you can begin watching for free. Our 24-hour, 7-day-a-week TV network, ISN, the It's Supernatural Network. You can write me at Sid Roth, Post Office Box 39222, Charlotte, North Carolina, 28278. That's Sid Roth. Post Office Box 39222, Charlotte, North Carolina, 28278.